One deal for the Marlins on deadline day, and we are going to dig into all of the reaction associated to this deal, sending Anthony Bass and Zach Pop to the Blue Jays. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt. Don't forget to follow me, of course, guys, on Twitter at MammyMarlins underscore UK. Don't forget to subscribe to the pod. It's available everywhere and it's for free. It's a free podcast, daily pod. Absolutely sensational. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll know there's a YouTube channel. Go and subscribe as well to Locked On Marlins and get your visual version of the uh, the podcast as well right there and if you are watching right now you will see there is a guest in town sean doyle is joining me sean how are we doing brother i'm doing very good that's a pretty professional intro you got there and the pressure's on now i feel like i uh gonna step up my game here <laughs> what have we walked into here exactly so i appreciate hopping on this is the beautiful thing of baseball and twitter um first you have to say twitter that app it's free unbelievable and um this is it. You put out the bat signal. You say, listen, are there any Blue Jay studs out there? Any fans that we can hook up with that can come on and, and you know join the show? Uh, people tagging in different guys. And all of a sudden, you know, 20 minutes later, effectively, here you are dropping in. We're going to debrief and get into this trade. So before we get into that, um, from yourself, uh, you've also hosted a Locked On show as well. You were also, the, the I guess, the original Locked On Blue Jays host, right? It's true. It's true. It feels like forever ago. But yeah, I was doing the Jays from the couch uh, thing. And then the Locked On Network, uh, they reached out and I said, you know what? Sure. It can't be that bad. You know, little <laughs> few minutes here, a few minutes there. And then next thing I know, it became a little bit too much for me. I don't know how you guys do it. Uh, you're, you're a lot better than I am. Um, so hats off to you. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a good little blip in the, uh, in the timeline that is Sean Doyle for sure. Love it. And uh, the Jays from the couch um, content you put out there, um, you know, how frequently is that? Is, I guess, podcast and writing as well, right? Yeah, we've got actually, we've got a, quite a lot of content coming out. Of, we've got the, the website, so we've got a lot of writers who uh, all have their own kind of unique voice uh, from, you know, the hardcore statistical analysis stuff to the uh, to the more editorializations of what's going on in Blue Jays land. Um, and then, of course, we also, we've got our YouTube channel. We stream our podcast live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And then we've got uh, two other uh, YouTube shows as well. Uh, the On Fact Circle, which is hosted by Steve Feck. He gets his own show. It's a kind of a blend of uh, history and kind of outside-the-box thinking. Um, you won't hear too many voices like his in Blue Jays land, for sure. And then Thursdays at 6 p.m., we have Karen Suter, who does an excellent job of balancing the positivity of a, of a true diehard fan with uh, with uh, with her own analysis as well. So, yeah, we've got lots and lots and lots going on the Jays from the couch. Love it. Sounds amazing. Sounds like, like you said, there's tons going on, which is great to hear yeah. and see for sure. And yeah, appreciate you finding the time to hock on Marlins. And really, this, you know, this was the only the only action of the day for the Marlins. So it feels right to have a full episode digging. Um, you know, it came relatively early in the day. And so I was thinking, okay, 
from a Marlins perspective, one domino, well, two dominoes in, in many ways, three dominoes down, because not only was it Anthony Bass and Zach Pop, but also a player to be named later. We'll wait and work out who that is. Um, who knows at this stage? So two relievers off the board there for the fish, and you're thinking, okay, there's more to come. In the end, uh, it was reported. There was obviously various other conversations going on, but in the end, this was the only deal of the day um, that the Marlins make. So... I really wanted to get a, a Blue Jays perspective on this and understand um, how you feel about the play you gave up. Um, obviously, it was a first-round pick you know, back in 2018. So, you know, where was your head at with that? And equally, what's the feeling about the acquisition of, of Anthony Bass, Zach Pop? What kind of role they may also play in this Blue Jays pen? Which is funny when you look. There are so many ex-Marlins around as well in this Blue Jays team and this pen. It's wild. You know, there's, there's Yimmy Garcia there, Simba's there. I think Phelps is there as well. Maybe one other. So there's so many Marlins knocking around. Now Zach Pop and Anthony Bass. So, um, Sean, from your perspective, this this deal drops. Um, Groshan's going the other way. What was your immediate reaction to this one? Uh, it's not going to be a favorable one, I think, maybe to your listeners, uh, um, because I don't think that um, the Blue Jays really saw a place for Jordan Groshans uh, moving forward. Uh, there was talk last year, he had an exceptional year, a great year at the plate, um, and there was talk that maybe, just maybe, he might be the third baseman of the future uh, for the Blue Jays. Um, and then they went and traded for Matt Chapman because whether he was or wasn't, Groshans just wasn't ready yet. Um, but then, of course, this year he's he's struggled quite a bit at the plate. Um, you know, he's still he's still getting on base, uh, which is you know it's not a bad thing. But when you're playing a, a position like third base, you need the, the power numbers, and for for him, they're just not there. I think in his entire uh, minor league career, he's got a total of 15 home runs. Uh, so you know, there's there's a little bit of question as to whether or not he'll eventually fill in that uh, third base role at the big league level. Yeah. Um, now, with that being said, though, he was still the the fourth uh, top prospect in the Blue Jays system. Uh, you know, so that's nothing to sneeze at, um, to be sure, right? But um, I have to say, when, when I looked at it and I saw the return of Anthony Bass, first of all, he's coming back to Toronto. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Um, and, of course, uh, Zach Hopp, who, you know, a good Canadian kid, right? So there's that as well. Um, that angle to it and, and anytime I think you can add somebody to your bullpen who throws 98 I think that's you know that's a good thing yeah. um, and of course I think the Blue Jays love uh, Anthony Bass anyway mm. uh, so you know I think the, the one thing that they needed to do this trade deadline was address their bullpen and of course they have done that it isn't the super sexy names that uh, you know Blue Jays fans may have been hoping to see uh, but Ross Atkins, general manager of the Blue Jays, he did his job and he did find some bullpen pieces. In particular with Zach Pop, he's interesting because he's got that um, years of control, which is something that the Blue Jays front office just drools over. Um, you know, that to them, that's like, um, you know, it's gold, right? Yeah. Uh, so, and then Anthony Bass also has an option uh, for, for next season as well. So yeah. there's some, there's some um, I guess, long, mid to long term um benefits to this deal as well for the Blue Jays. Yeah, I I can I mean your assessment of the return in terms of Bass and, and Pop, I think, is absolutely spot on. I mean, they're the key fundamentals here. You've got, you know, Bass that, you know, it, it doesn't have the name. We're talking about all stars, doesn't have the name of some of the other guys, but he's having that type of year 
clearly he's not been operating in the ninth for the for the Marlins. He's he's effectively found his role in the seventh inning and has just been he's just been immense in that role. Um, so there's that with it too. Plus the relatively you know cheap uh, option year next year three million I think it is something in that kind of range um, for Bass, top clubhouse guy as well, top, top dude plus top. For me, really trending in the right direction. He's a Rule 5 pick for the fish, effectively. And, um, you know, the Marlins, you know, it, it wasn't perfect in 21, but in 22, there's definitely signs of improvement. And it's, he is just sinker baller, ground baller dude. That is just what he is. Barely giving up any home runs. Five years of control. I think it's a really, really nice return for the Blue Jays for certain. I can absolutely see why the Marlins pulled the trigger on it. And I'm going to talk about it from a Marlins perspective shortly. But before we do that, guys, let's get into our first ad of the day. And it's our good, good friends over at Blue Nile. And of course, Blue Nile, they have got you covered. And you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece. All of the prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler sounds immense to me. So if you're thinking about popping the question, dropping down on one knee, or thinking about a milestone moment, you can find jewelry as unique as her with modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. So let's talk engagement rings, guys. They've got simple online tools. They let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity from a size perspective. Bigger is better, no doubt about it. And then once you've done all of that, you choose your setting style as well. Blue Nile's jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring, one of a kind, bespoke engagement rings for your bride-to-be. Sounds absolutely stunning. If you're thinking about, listen, she may already have the ring on the finger. So if so, keep piling in with jewelry, guys, and thinking about life special moments. Find jewelry, but there's so much to choose from. So Blue Nile can help you. All their experts are on hand 24-7. They're just sitting there waiting for your call or chat. So if you need help, Contact those guys. They'll help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now, it's the Blue Nile anniversary sale. You can save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order's insured. It ships free and arrives in discreet packaging. It's not going to give away what's inside. So you can shop stress-free, find your, find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right then, Sean. So the Marlins' perspective, where's my head at with this one? I, I could see why this deal was done, and I can see why this type of prospect was the one for the fish. Like at the end of the day, they've got a they've got a problem with the offense, no doubt. Right now, I think this trade was one for the future. Clearly, Groshans, you know, I wouldn't say by all accounts is major league ready just now. Let's say he's probably he's playing at a high level. I think he's been playing a triple A this year, and you know he's young for that level. So my take on it is high pedigree, top one hundred guy, third fourth prospect in you know the Blue Jays system. I like the return for the Marlins. I do. I mean, we'll get into it. I'm not a big prospect guy. Never have been, um, and so. You know, we'll we'll see it when we believe it. But overall, I think if you send two relievers and then a player to be named later, and you get back a former first round pick, um, by all accounts, the Marlins were really heavily scouting him at that draft. I think it was the 2018 draft, is the rumor, and um, not the rumor, but it was 2018 draft. But the rumor was they were heavily scouting him, and he was taking one pick before the Marlins were on the clock, I believe. So it may have been one of those where they finally got their guy. They finally have him, and um, it took Bass. And Zach Pop to get him. Interesting, they moved Pop on the five years of control. 
they have history of that. They did the same with Nick Anderson, the same, I believe, with John Curtis last year. So the Marlins aren't afraid to make moves for relievers. Anthony Bass has been great after a terrible 21. He's really rebounded in a in a real nice fashion. I'm I'm pleased for him, pleased for Pop. I think both of them are happy with this move too, was the sense I got. And I think Kim Ang was happy with the return as well. Like after she spoke about this deal, Kim seemed happy. You know, he slots in as, you know, right now, one of, I mean, not quite sure where you're at with Khalil Watson right now, you know, with all the kind of stuff he's had going on this year. He maybe slots in as Ireland's best, you know, hitting prospect right now. So, yeah, based on your feedback there, Sean, I, I think that may be a concern for the uh, the overall state of this Marlins farm uh, from a from an offensive standpoint. But um, overall, I think this is a nice deal. I think I feel like Sean, you feel the same way. What's what's going to be the knock on effect though for Bass and Pop? What kind of roles needed filling in this Blue Jays pen that these guys may do in the in you know what is effectively a postseason hunt? And you know, from your perspective, you hope to be a, a deep postseason run. Yeah, well, that's the hope, right? Um, and if, they, if the Blue Jays are going to do that, they needed more kind of leverage inning uh, guys like Bass is. He, they're not looking for another closer. You know, Jordan Romano is an all-star, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're not looking for another closer, even though that may have been kind of, you know, really nice. Um, I think the Blue Jays went with, what do we really need here? Well, we need somebody in the seventh and eighth inning uh, to go along with Jimmy Garcia. Um, <clears throat> and so Anthony Bass will fill that role uh, for sure. And it'll be a rather nice little kind of uh, trio there with Bass, Garcia, and then Romano. Um, you know, it, it definitely shortens games. Um, and, it, you know, and you see with like some of the starters the Toronto Blue Jays have, with like you say, Kukuchi, you need... Um, your bullpen, right? You need it to be solid. Um, and then Pop is, will be another guy that um, kind of comes in, throws hard. Um, and I think that's, you know, somewhere in the kind of sixth, seventh inning-ish um, is where you'll see him, right? But uh, I think the real, the, you know, the, the what will really help the Blue Jays here is Anthony Bass and his high leverage uh, situations. Uh, but the, you know what? I have to say the Blue Jays didn't just stop there. You know, they got Mitch White from the Dodgers who will kind of play that swing man, uh, maybe spot start role. Um, and so what they really have done is they've kind of rounded out their bullpen to be a more complete picture as opposed to Jimmy Garcia, Jordan Romano, Tim Meza, who's been awesome this year. Uh, but then beyond that, there were several question marks, um, you know, and, and a revolving door of, of you know, Jeremy Beasley type guys mm-hmm. who they, you know, they sent to Pittsburgh for cash at the deadline. Um, and so I, I really think the more I think about it, the Anthony Bass and um, and Zach Pop will really kind of complement what they already have, as opposed to bringing in some elite uh, kind of superstar to put that into a mix of guys who kind of already have established roles. Yeah, I think that's the key. That's what I like too about this move for the Blue Jays. Is it's not you're not bringing in a stud guy. Next thing is it's the same kind of situation where maybe the White Sox got into last year, where they go and get like a Kimbrel. Next thing is it kind of really creates an imbalance. No one's quite certain of the role. Kimbrel wants to close, like Hendricks wanted to close. You know, none of that. Anthony Bass will come in. And he'll take on whatever role he's given. And in reality, from what we've seen from the Marlins side, the seventh inning is absolutely the perfect spot. And all of a sudden, you can get Bass in the seventh, maybe the eighth. Yimmy Garcia, you know, in a similar kind of role. And then Romano just doing his thing. And I think that feels right. 
Zach Pop equally, you kind of plug him in, think, okay, you know, a sixth inning guy if required, you know, you know, maybe other requirements. So wait and see. He's been great. Like he's been really great in terms of um, you know, limiting, you know, contact and home runs and hard hits. So, you know, I think he's a real nice piece and can do do a nice job. So I think that was the the bit. That's what I liked about it anyway. It's the no superstar name, but it didn't need the superstar name. I don't think it did. No, and then what, what's interesting too is Zach Pop is is somebody who doesn't necessarily fit the 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 prototype of what the Blue Jays have been looking for in pitching over the last couple of years. They're really looking for those swing and miss guys, um, but you know he doesn't do that. He doesn't strike out a lot of guys, but he does put the ball in play. Uh, like, uh, something of, I think it's well over sixty percent uh, yep. ground ball rate, right? So. I think that is going to be something that I'm going to be paying attention to because the Blue Jays have put a lot of effort into kind of improving their defense, you know, bringing in Matt Chapman at third base, who's had an impact on Bo Bichette at shortstop as well. Uh, So for me, I think that's, you know, if you need a ground ball double play, I mean, you know, bring out Zach Pop and and away she goes, right? There you go. Makes sense. I'm going to be intrigued to see the way it goes. Um, One final ad, and then I actually want to talk to you about a a different pitcher from the Marlins that may be talked about, has been talked about, may be talked about again in the future. So let's talk about that one uh, after the final ad of the day. And it's our good friends over at Online, of course, guys. And I mean, listen, I don't know what odds were flying around for Juan Soto yesterday to be a Padre um, they probably were one of the favorites, but nevertheless, betonline.net, they'd have had you covered, and they're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports. they got everything. they got all sports and events, and it's the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You've got MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, golf, tennis. The English Premier League also starts this weekend, so, you know, so make sure you get those bets flying in. You can head to BetOnline today. Use your mobile device to learn, learn more about the action happening today. And in the future, bet online where the game starts. Um, Sean, let's just finish up with one other final topic. Um, there was a big name talked about from the Marlins yesterday. Pablo Lopez um, was there. Was calls on Pablo, rightly so. In my opinion, was one of the best pitchers available at the deadline. The Marlins were listening. They didn't end up dealing. At one point, it felt like the Yankees, your uh, divisional foes, may have snagged him. Um, in the end, it didn't happen. However. I wanted to turn back the clocks a little bit. It felt like there may have even been conversations about Pablo Lopez and the Blue Jays in the offseason just gone. Um, I, I didn't see any names knocking around, but overall, Pablo Lopez would be a name and a player that you would like in Toronto, I would assume. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> There's been a lot of uh, at Jays from the Cubs. We've been kind of you know behind the scenes. We have our little discussions and and whatnot. And he's a name that uh, that absolutely came up. In fact, he was going to be uh, on our podcast just before the the trade deadline. You know, one of our listeners asked who is somebody that may surprise us, and I said it's Pablo Lopez is the one that's mm-hmm. going to be a surprise addition. Uh, and it looked like that actually might happen. You know, there were discussions going on, as you said last off season, but then. Just at the trade deadline, there were um, 
there were conversations going on, um, and I'm sure next off season there will be conversations going on as well. Um, mm-hmm. I found it interesting because I was actually once I started listening for the Pablo Lopez name and all of that stuff, I went and listened to some interviews by the Marlins GM, and she was, you know, playing it rather coy. We need to get better, and we haven't talked to Pablo about it, but you know, if he's heard about it, he's pitching rather well. And then, of course, his very last start before the uh, before the deadline, he had a little bit of a clunker there um and so maybe the you know there was a lot of talk about him um and he would be somebody who if the blue jays can manage to wrangle him away um you know that would be just that would be really really nice for them heading into next season i guess now yeah exactly with you know two years of control remain on pablo so uh, i think that's the conundrum for the marlins at this deadline it's tough to move pablo because the the need was specific they were looking for major league ready or you know, near, very, very near Major League ready impact bats. And the problem is, you know, swinging a deal for Pablo for those bats that, you know, the Blue Jays are going to need those bats right now. And, you know, so are the Yankees. And everyone's, you know, you're going to struggle to make that deal because those teams are going to then struggle to kind of backfill those those spots maybe. So it maybe wasn't the right timing, but I do, I can certainly see Pablo landing in the AL East uh, you know, but I do think the Blue Jays, you know, there has been conversations, I think, going back to at least the offseason, if not even before. I'm intrigued to see the one thing I'm I'm intrigued to see about with him specifically is what's the workload that he can get through this year. There's been, you know, some injuries littered throughout his career. Can he put up 180 innings this season? He's a lost year for the fish, but can he put up 180? He'll want to. I remember two years ago he said, I want to be, I want to go 200. That's his goal. Sandy Alcantara came out and said the same. Sandy's now pitching, you know, he's in a different um, <laughs> level right now in terms of workload for sure. But you're right to call out as well, Sean, that clunker against the Mets, you know, the Sunday before the deadline. I mean, played a factor. I mean, you know, er, you know, any pitcher can get have, a, have an off day, right? But I just wonder if it may have kind of impacted, you know, the Marlins looking for top dollar. Um, he's just been blown yeah. by the Mets. <laughs> it's tough, right? It's tough to to know what uh, you know causes one general manager to pull the trigger on a deal, and then mm-hmm. what causes another one to say no forever. You know, it, it's tough to to know exactly. But I really, for, from the Blue Jays' perspective, I don't think a, a clunker right before the deadline would uh, would throw them off. If they've been they've been trying for a long time, they've had their eye on them for a while. So yeah. I don't think that would have swayed them uh, in any form. But I think the the one thing that <clears throat> probably stopped Pablo Lopez from from being traded is that pitching was at a premium at this trade deadline it yeah. was definitely a seller's market and the, you know there were there could have been more pitching um, dealt if the prices weren't so high look at carlos rodon in san francisco he was one that i thought for sure would have been would have traded but Me you too. can ask you can ask for the world right when you know in this context because so many teams now are in the hunt for a playoff spot um it's definitely a seller's market so you know good for miami for sticking to their guns and saying you know what we have a hot commodity here and we're not going to move them unless the price is right yeah it makes sense i'm completely with you i think your assessment there on what the marlins did what kim ang did uh is spot on you know it's not like it's a fire sale situation you know pablo lopez is under control for two more years he's an above average major league pitcher. The Marlins still need them. They still need to get better offensively too. And I think that's where they're going to have to make some tough decisions on this. But nevertheless, 
we won't have to think about that until the off season. So we can all sit back, relax, and just enjoy the rest of the year. So with that being said, Sean, um, how do you see, just one final question for you, how do you see this all playing out in the in the NL East and going into the postseason? The Blue Jays look well-positioned. Obviously, the Yankees look like they're going to probably take the division, but how are you seeing things shaking up? Yeah, the Yankees are a mystery to me. They had a trade deadline. Where everybody says they're winners, but then they went and traded Jordan Montgomery for an injured Harrison Bader, which doesn't make sense to me. Um, they're, they're they're thin, I think, uh, with their pitching, and so one you know they can have one bad thing happen, and then they could lose that lead. Um, you know, mathematically, it's still possible. It's a big lead. Eleven games is a big lead. You're not going to just lose that overnight, but. Stranger things have happened. It is baseball, right? And so right now the Blue Jays have that first wild card spot. They'll they'll play the the home uh, series there. I think they have a chance there. Um, I, you know where they go after that. I can see them if everything goes right and everybody stays healthy. I can see them going right to the ALCS. Uh, however, that's everything's got to be right and everybody's got to be healthy. And of course, like I just said, it's baseball. That rarely happens. So. They're they're in a playoff spot now. They'll I believe they'll win their first series, but the divisional series may be a, a tough challenge if they run into Houston, or if somehow New York can continue being the the, the Yankees. Yeah, for sure, it's going to be a really intriguing race, no doubt. But there's some loaded teams in that AL East, and you know, very interested as well. The fact that the Orioles are, are, are trending now as well, so it's now you know all of a sudden a five-headed monster, I guess, moving forwards in the East. There, I don't know, maybe the Red Sox need a, a reboot there, but we'll wait and see. Yeah. Um, that is going to wrap us up, I think. In summary, we're both happy with the trade, so it feels win-win. Which is nice. Yeah. So it's yeah. a good spot to be. And I think the Blue Jays get what they needed. I think the Marlins get back a, an offensive prospect they can work with and see what they can do. And I think that makes a ton of sense for us right now. So um, that is us out of here for Locked on Marlins on, on Wednesday's episode. Well, part one of Wednesday's uh, uh, podcast is actually going to be a second episode that's going to drop later on as well. Uh, digging into a little bit more specifically into the Marlins deadline strategy. Um, but nevertheless, Sean, thank you so much for joining me. Please let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter as well, uh, if you haven't already uh, shared that, and if they're not watching and can have the graphics to help them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DoyleJFTC. Uh, you can follow Jays from the Couch at Jays from the Couch. Uh, we've got JaysFromTheCouch.com for all of our written content, and anywhere you find podcasts, you'll find Jays from the Couch radio podcast. And so, give us a subscribe. And uh, you know what? I love talking baseball. I love talking Blue Jays. So, I want to thank you very much uh, for for having me on. Absolutely, it was my pleasure, and I think it's uh, been. A, a real nice episode. Great to get the others. I think that's what it's all about. So with that being said, thank you to Sean. Uh, thank you to everyone for tuning in. We're going to be back later on today. So there's going to be a second episode dropping. And uh, so stay tuned for that one. Uh, but in the meantime, enjoy, rest, and look forward to a Sandy Alcantara starter going against the Reds. Hopefully the Marlins can win a game at home. They're currently on a nine-game losing streak at home. So hopefully they don't get into double digit. Sandy Alcantara can do the business. Billy Hamilton starting in center field. I'm not sure what confidence levels are like right now, but nevertheless, Lockdown Marlins has got you covered. We'll be back to talk about all the action from Sandy's next start.